Blog Talk Radio. My name is Hakun Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me are my co-hosts, Ryan Whitfield, who's also a regular contributor to Fantasy Pros and Pro Football Focus, Scott King, who's the former editor-in-chief of the Fox Sports-affiliated Football Extra Points, which, by the way, as you all know, is the spiritual precursor to Football Garbage Time. And, of course, Joey Alibro, our man on the ground, part of the coaching staff down there for, his high, for that high school team. And... You know, the guy we rely on for the scouting. So, welcome back, guys. This is great. We have the entire crew on the line, and we are only one week away from the start of the NFL season. I am totally jazzed about this. So, tell me, let's start with you here, Scott. What, do you make any special plans for the kickoff game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Houston Texans? Nothing special, just uh, keep my fingers crossed that they, they play. I, I think not having preseason um, is kind of strange. It feels like it's sneaking up on me a little bit, but at this point I'm just hoping that, that they're on the field and I've got a product to watch. That's that's my yep. main goal. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Yep, I, I totally agree. I also don't want to get ahead of myself. It's one of those things where you just – <laughs> you don't want to be you don't want to be putting the putting the cart before the horse here. Let's get that season started. What about you, Joe? You got plans for the uh, opening night, the kickoff game? Um, this is a little bit of a plug for myself, but I won't be having any plans that Thursday night. I'll be going to bed early because that Friday, what? September 11th at 8 p.m., uh, Prince Avenue Christian, the high school uh, football team that I uh, am a coach on, will be live on ESPNU at 8 p.m. against Raven County. Um, our quarterback, Brock Vandegrift, is the number one quarterback in the 2021 class. He will be going with Gunnar Stockton, um, a five-star quarterback in the 2022 class for Raven County. Um, I just got my headshot taken this morning uh, for ESPN. Uh, so if you see my pretty face on there, uh, just give me a shout-out on Twitter. Uh, you can go check out the game. It's going to be fun. That is amazing. That is really that – is, that is some great news. Everyone, definitely check that out. We can see uh, – the results of our man on the ground coaching up this football team is going to be that's going to be exciting. We'll definitely have to promo that when we get closer as well. But uh, man, missing kickoff game, geez, uh, I don't know about that. That uh, makes me question your dedication, man. All right, so let's <laughs> let's go ahead and turn it around here because we got a lot to talk about tonight, including news on Leonard Fournette, on Josh Gordon, Josh Rosen, trends we've seen in fantasy football drafts, thoughts on the upcoming college football season, and much much more. So let's go ahead and get this rolling. All right, let's start with Leonard Fournette, who was waived by the Jaguars on August 31st and passed through waivers unclaimed on September 1st, but was signed by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the very next day on a one-year, $2 million contract. He can earn up to $3.5 million of incentives related to rushing yards, and playing time. He joins a relatively crowded backfield with Ronald Jones, LaShawn McCoy, Dari Ogunbowale, as well as third-round rookie Kayshawn Vaughn. So, Joey, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on Leonard Fournette being waived by the Jaguars and being signed by the Buccaneers? Well, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last few years, uh, you know, <laughs> even when even when my Giants took Saquon Barkley uh, second overall, couple of years ago, I've always been on the train of do not draft running backs high in the first round. 
Um, and that yeah. seems to hold true here with Leonard Fournette. Um, the Jaguars cutting him is kind of a blow to running backs going high in the first round everywhere. Um, yep. I yep. saw on Twitter today, someone said that he was, uh, he performed like Greg Robinson, but at a volume position, um, which I thought was a really apt comparison. Um, Interesting. And then he joins, he joins a, um, a really crowded backfield, like you mentioned, the Sean McCoy, Ronald Jones, and Bruce Arians coming out today, you know, cementing Ronald Jones as the week one starter. And I don't expect him uh-huh. uh, work his ass off uh, all off season, and he looks to be the clear starter in Tampa Bay even before the Fournette signing. Um, so signing Fournette a week before the season starts doesn't really change anything to me. Um, I don't see a whole lot of fantasy impact there, especially uh, buried in that depth chart. Um, I haven't. I wasn't really a fan of Fournette even from the beginning. I thought he was too big, but I'm not really a fan of powerbacks. I've always been down on Derrick Henry compared to other people. Uh, he's got a little speed for his size, but we talked about that on the fantasy podcast probably about a month ago now. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, if I'm Fournette, I'd love to go to Tampa too and try to chase a ring. Um, he's sure. still really young. Uh, probably not a long-term uh, fit there. Uh, interested to see where he goes in free agency next year. Yeah, it'll be interest it definitely will be interesting to see what happens there. And um honestly, I initially thought it was a good fit, but then after thinking about it just like you and the fact that it's just a, a crowded backfield, he doesn't have any time to get up to speed and they already have guys that they already rely on. It's a great place to go because it's a great story. He's probably gonna sell a lot of jerseys there. Um, but they won't be able to get anybody in the stands, so that's gonna be a bummer. Um let's switch over uh, to you, Scott. What are your thoughts on the Lennon Fournette? Uh, issue being waived by the Jags and signed by the Buccaneers. Yeah, this one was uh, quite interesting to me also. I, I really don't see the fit in Tampa other than just the fact that they're trying to collect some names. I don't know if they're just trying to gather yeah. some buzz. I was trying to to look back. I was remembering when uh, like Michael Vick and Vince Young and all those guys kind of gathered up in Philadelphia for a couple of years, but never really went anywhere. And, and it almost feels right. like, I mean, I don't want to say it's a sideshow down in, in Tampa right now, but it's just kind of strange to me, this move. I don't really see it adding any value to the team. I mean, I guess they got them cheap, right? But, you yep. know, what? they already have Brady. They've got Gronk in there. They've got some talent to do some things. But this, to me, just seems a little over the top. Um, you know, Jacksonville's in this never-ending rebuilding cycle. And I've been saying for years that um, I think they're going to move to to London whenever the NFL gets that figured out. And I've been called all kinds of names on Twitter and and articles (laughs) when I was writing it before. But um, this is just a team that's not going anywhere. And they just continue to to go in this cycle uh, in Jacksonville. So I don't really know that it makes a lot of sense. I'm not even sure if he'll finish the season with them. But – it's kind of an odd play, I think. Yeah, well, you think about it. If they just get themselves a time machine now and go back to 2017, they would have a dynamite team, right? 2017 Brady, 2017 Gronk, 2017 LaShawn McCoy, and 2017 Leonard Fournette fresh out of college. Man, they would have a really great team. But unfortunately, they probably won't be able to get one of those before the season starts. Uh, so they may be out of luck. Totally agree there. Very interesting move for Leonard Fournette. 
not surprising he landed quickly. I think he would have been better off if he landed it with a different team with a different opportunity, less crowded backfield. We'll see how it goes. All right, let's go ahead and turn to the next guy on the list, and that's Josh Gordon, the uh, much maligned receiver, having many, many times been in trouble with the league. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks re-signed Josh Gordon to a one-year, $1 million contract. Gordon is currently suspended uh, for violating both the league's substance abuse and PED policies for the sixth time since 2013, but is awaiting results from the league after reapplying for reinstatement. So Gordon will be competing for targets with Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. Gordon had his best season in 2013 when he had a ridiculous 1,646 yards and 87 receptions in Cleveland, and he was on track for a 1,000-yard-plus season as recently as 2018 in New England had he played 16 games there. So let's go ahead and um, start with you, Scott, this time. Um, tell us, what are your thoughts here on Josh Gordon and going back to the Seattle Seahawks? Well, I, I'm a little mixed on Josh Gordon. I've I've, uh, I've actually won quite a bit of money from him uh, back in 2013, <laughs> but then I, I, I turned around and lost some uh, – buying into them later on. And if, for me, it just comes down to discipline, right? Like whatever his issues are, uh, you know, whether or not he should be suspended, I'm, I'm not going to really go down that route. But this is a situation where he knows the answers to the test. He knows when they're going to give the test. And he's not disciplined enough to pass the test. And I think that's where it, it just kind of goes to me that he just can't keep keep it together. And it's, it's kind of an extreme example of, of a player who can't make weight, right? I mean, we have this, these these examples of these NFL players that have issues with their weight. and Like, they have one job, right? Make weight. And Josh Gordon has one yep. job, like, stay clean long enough to pass the test, and, and he just can't. Right. So, I think it's more about just his ability to stay disciplined. But he's a tremendous talent. I mean, he could be, you know, a handful of – lots behind Randy Moss as far as talent goes, I think, but he just can't stay disciplined enough to stay on the field, and it's not like he doesn't know what, what they're going to be testing for. Uh, it's just unfortunate. I think he's wasted a talent uh, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens here. Hopefully he pulls it together and puts something together. Obviously it's a good location, landing spot for him because there are opportunities and uh, the Seattle Seahawks do run a pretty tight ship. So what are your thoughts here, Joey, on the entire Josh Gordon signing? I could not care less about something. Woo, like, okay. <laughs> he, is, <laughs> he is the most consistent thing in my life since 2013 where he gets off the commissioner's list and then re-signs with some team and then does absolutely nothing. Like how many years <laughs> okay. have we done this where we're like, oh, is Josh Gordon back? No, no, he's not going to do anything. He's going to slip up again, and he's going to be back in the commissioner's list. And then he's going to get another opportunity because he's extremely talented. Like, mm-hmm, how, mm-hmm. how many times have we done this? How many years in a row? And I, I, know, I know he's extremely talented, but at, at some point, teams have to put the person above the player and have him get help with whatever problem he's dealing with. I know most of the issues he's having is with marijuana, and we can get, in, we can get into that and how – how big of a deal that is, um, and the NFL stance on marijuana. Um, but he, like, like Scott said, he's just not disciplined enough, and I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle went and got Antonio Brown at this point too because how many times right. over the last year and a half have we, turned about, have we heard about Antonio Brown maybe signing somewhere? 
Like, yep. why are we worrying about these guys? I know they're talented. I know there's a good story. But let's focus on the guys that actually do the work to get on the field. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, I agree. And uh, But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I, I like I said, uh, I'm I'm not trying to defend him because he, like I said, has been uh, suspended six times <laughs> since 2013. That is once a year on average. Not a good um, – not something that you want to have a high – uh, amount of stats for you don't want to lead the league in suspensions for sure all right let's turn to the next guy let's talk about josh rosen real quick uh, espn's adam schefter reports that the miami dolphins are receiving trade inquiries about quarterback josh rosen who you might recall was the 10th overall pick in the 2018 draft so that seems so long ago now but it really wasn't all this makes sense with brian ryan fitzpatrick and tua tagovailoa ready to rock under center at the beginning of the year so um, let me start with you joey what are your thoughts on uh, what team might want to consider Rosen for the upcoming season? I was a big fan of Josh Rosen coming out of the draft a few years ago. I thought the Giants might pick him in the, in the year that they drafted Saquon Barkley second overall. Um, he's gotten a raw deal in both Arizona and in Miami. They're two, they, both of them were the worst teams in the league when he was on those teams. Um, okay. In terms of teams interested, I think any team – should take a flyer on Josh Rosen for a fourth or a fifth round pick. Um, specifically, I would think maybe the Bears. Let's throw another extremely average quarterback into that quarterback room and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Maybe something actually wow. good. Wow, that's maybe right. That's what, what mediocrity um, would rise to the top? Excellent. That sounds like a great quarterback <laughs> competition there. <laughs> a little, but a Rosen, Trubisky, and Foles. Woo, that's hot stuff. Uh, I, I mean, there's ahead. not a whole lot of starting quarterback spots that are up in the air right now. Um, maybe Jacksonville would be interested because Minshew is <laughs> definitely not the answer. I think he might be the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, wow. Okay. There's just not a whole lot of spots anymore uh, for guys. And any team could I, – I would love to have Josh Rosen as a backup to Daniel Jones. Like, if Daniel Jones went down, I wouldn't want Colt McCoy to take over. I'd want someone mm-hmm. new and fresh. I know yeah. what Colt McCoy can do. I don't really know what Josh Rosen can do because he hasn't been given – a real opportunity to shine. Right, right. That uh, makes a lot of sense. So let's go ahead and flip over to you, Scott. What are your thoughts on the Josh Rosen and where he might land? Yeah, so I was looking at teams definitely on the backup side, right? So some teams that, that have potential to make a run in the playoffs that, that are light in the backup department. And I landed on uh, Minnesota, the Rams, and the Titans. Mm. I think if you look wow, at you know, Kirk Cousins, yeah, so you yep. got Kirk Cousins and really nothing happening behind him. You got Jared Goff and, and not a lot, and then Tennessee uh, with Tannehill and then not a lot behind him. So uh, I think um, you know we've seen this year after year after year, right? Some somebody's going to go down, a starter's going to go down, and need to get uh, three wins out of a backup. It, it happens you know, consistently. And if you look at these teams who are talented and, and want to make a run of the playoffs, they're going to have to do something. And, and we also can't forget there's no preseason. We have no idea um, what we're getting out of a lot of these guys. So Rosen is a proven commodity. Teams, teams might feel comfortable with him. Um, but I don't see – Miami uh, carrying him through the season. I, I just don't see it. Um, yeah, you know, making that that making sense. I think they're going to end up cutting him at some point. 
yeah, certainly if they can't trade him, um, he does seem to be a cut candidate. Um, it's pretty clear they're going to start uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick right off the bat, and then they're going to see what happens with Tua after that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. It, it certainly is uh, all kind of uh, open right now, and it's uh, unclear um, what's going to end up happening um, with his future, but hopefully he lands in a spot that has more opportunity uh, than he has so far in the league. So with that said, let's go ahead and hit the bell on this segment and move on to the next segment. Let's talk a little bit about fantasy football because we've had a lot of fantasy football drafts uh, coming up into the new season, and we only have one week left, and I think a lot of people smartly waited to the very last second to do their draft, so they can probably use a little bit of insight, and I don't know how you guys are doing, but I have seven drafts this year. I'm actually in the middle of my third draft as we speak at this moment uh, right now in the 14th round, thinking about, oh, my God, who am I going to take next? But talk about, let's talk about some fantasy football drafts, all right? And let's talk about some trends you may have seen. Uh, let me start with, uh, with you, Scott. Let me, uh, have you seen any trends that have emerged in drafts or mock drafts that you've either been in or followed? Um, anything that you can tell us about what you've seen and what type of advice you might want to give the listeners on this? Yeah, one thing that's jumped out to me this year is I've gone through and prepared, which admittedly I've been a little late on the season, did sneak up on, on me. I had some some other things distracting me, and all of a sudden I turned around and, and we should be in about Bam. week three or four <laughs> of preseason. So right, um, right. one thing I've been, been seeing as I go through these mock drafts is the depth at quarterback. So depending on your league, you know, a lot of people are going to two quarterback leagues, um, especially at 10 teams, but even at – at a standard one quarterback league, I mean, you're looking at guys down in the 20s with uh, Mayfield, uh, you know, maybe even a Kirk Cousins, Teddy Bridgewater, who can put some points up, right? I mean, these guys aren't carrying you to a championship, but, uh-huh. you know, there, there's some guys down here that get really interesting. You've got a Cam Newton down in the teens who, hey, you know, I don't put anything past Belichick. I gave up on questioning him about 10 years ago. So I wouldn't put anything past him. So I think depending on your setup, you can definitely wait. If you, if you don't grab, you know, there's the Mahomes in Lamar Jackson, I think is probably um, where everybody wants to go. But after that, I, I think you can do some, uh, get some quality late and maybe grab some other players. Or if you've got a two quarterback league, I mean, you, you could go, you could conceivably go Kyler Murray and, Cam Newton or Russell Wilson and Baker Mayfield and, uh-huh. you know, do some damage. So I was really surprised that, that the depth really jumped out at me, at me as I was going through these mocks and really looking at the big board. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. I saw a lot of those kind of emerging as well. I know, Joey, that you are way too busy to do fantasy football because you're handling real football. But any thoughts uh, for the listeners on the fantasy football front? Um. Like I meant, you asked me the other day to join the football garbage time league, um, but I'm actually not in any leagues. I I was gonna do the coaches one that we have, but I got rock paper scissors out of the last spot available. Um, oh, <laughs> so that's kind of a bummer. Um, but yeah, just uh, like Scott said, there's uh there's a lot of talent at quarterback, and it kind of ties into what I said about Josh Rosen. Um, there's not a whole lot of spots to go around. There's a lot of talented quarterbacks in the league right now that'll get you a lot of production. Um, my personal favorite quarterback who I've seen um, go kind of earlier than I expected is Kyler Murray. Uh, I think uh-huh. he's going to be the MVP. I, I honestly think he's going to be the MVP this year. 
Um, Interesting. Wow. I don't know I'd the exact numbers, but his deep ball accuracy last year was like 30 points better than anybody uh, behind him, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous. And adding DeAndre Hopkins into that mix is a really, really scary offense. Um, yep. When we talked about, I think it was a year and a half ago now when the Cardinals um, made Cliff Kingsbury their head coach, um, I was all over that. I don't think Ryan was a fan of it, but um, just the offense that he had at, at Texas Tech was really impressive to me, and I think that's carrying over to Arizona. <laughs> and I, I, I really think they are a contender this year. Their defense is a little shaky. I know they added Isaiah Simmons at seventh overall in the draft this year, but I really, really like them this year. Yeah, yeah, no, I think I think that's a great that's a great pick, and I will say that uh, a couple of things that I noticed uh, along the way, and, and since you mentioned it, by the way. Our fantasy league this year, although uh, unfortunately Joey won't be joining us for it, um, Will Scott and I will be on it. Ryan will be on it. I'll be on it. Of course, we'll have guys from the Urban Sports Scene podcast on it. Wole will be on it. Uh, the guys from the Beer Fueled Fantasy Football podcast will be on it. We have uh, both Chris Hopper and Dan Theory, and we have fantasy family, a guy from the fantasy panelists, the other Mike Wallace. We have uh, the new new guys from the Fantasy Fails uh, website will be joining us, and we probably will have Adam Aniba. Also from the Burgundy and Gold Report joining us as well. So lots of different sites involved, and they're going to be giving you their thoughts on the draft coming up this Monday at uh, 10 a.m. I can't believe we're doing a draft at 10 a.m. in the morning, but that's when everybody was available. So they're going to give us uh, give you thoughts on that. I'll come out on the uh, website, so that'll be a lot of fun. I'll just give uh, you guys a couple things that I saw on drafts so far. Uh, first of all, good starting running backs are available late in the third and fourth. I don't mean late, late, but third and fourth round, there are some great starting quarterbacks to pick from Todd Gurley, Jonathan Taylor, Le'Veon Bell, David Johnson, Cam Akers, all available in the third and fourth round. There are tons of upside wide receivers late available in rounds 12 to 16, mostly the rookies, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, Michael Pittman Jr., Brandon Ayuk, LaVesca Chenault, all available 12 to 16. And then there are those with significant opportunities to, to really outperform their draft position, Alan Lazard and Nikhil Harry, who, by the way, Mohamed Sanu, out for the uh, drop cut by the uh, by the uh, Patriots because of a knee problem. So Nikhil Harry, Nikhil Harry will have all the run he can get, and you can get them in the last two rounds of your draft. So that is uh, something to keep in mind as you continue on. And I will go ahead and tell everybody that that is all we got for that section, and let's move on to the next section. Ring the bell on that and talk about um, college football. That's what we got left. We got to talk about college football. Um, although several conferences won't be playing this fall, or at least not right away, the college football season has started. We have two games on tonight, and as a matter of fact, Central Arkansas playing University of Alabama, Birmingham, and South Alabama playing Southern Miss. So, Scott, let's start with you. What are your thoughts on the split college football season with some teams playing now, some playing later in the fall, some likely playing in the spring, some maybe not playing at all this year? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so I've got I've got a lot of thoughts on this one. Um, uh, my thoughts are influenced by the fact that I, I just got home from uh, another middle school football game that I just went to, and and I've also been uh, fortunate enough to go to some varsity high school football games here uh, locally. So um, my son's team won his game, by the way. So that's the most important part. Oh, congratulations! And it, it, yeah, it's it's really frustrating. I think. From, from not only a fan standpoint, but I think we've also seen it from the players and, and some even of the parents of players and, and even some administrations that there's this sweeping decision being made to cancel football, yet we're seeing 
you know, teams be successful in executing it. I think there's, if with the right protocols in place, teams are able to execute and play football. And we're seeing it, you know, Southern Miss is about an hour from where I live and they're able to pull it off. And I've been to their stadium. I've been by their stadium and it's, you know, no big 10. It's not Ohio state. It's not right. Penn state. It's not Michigan. These are teams with humongous budgets that take really good care of the players. They probably get, you know, the best medical treatment they'll ever get unless they go on to the NFL. And for them to just not try to figure out how to play football in the fall is is kind of frustrating from a fan standpoint. And to see all these high schools uh, cover, you know, on ESPN, figuring out how to do it safely, um, I think is a, is a bit of a cop out by some of these, these colleges to just cancel it. And I think also, you know, my, my uh, daughter will be in college next year and I'm prepared for the kind of rope-a-dope. It sounds like that's happening that says, oh, yeah, we're in, we're in uh, in-person classes, send us a check, and then they show up and everything's online and they're just hanging out in a dorm. Oh, um, yep, so I think really there's a lot of things it? happening. Yeah, it sounds, <laughs> sounds like the, there's a lot of things happening right now that aren't making people happy and it's not for a lack of resources available, especially at these big colleges to make this happen. So um, that's yeah, that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, no, it's going to be really interesting to see how this gets pulled off and, uh, of course, um, how the uh, college football playoffs will even exist this year, if at all. But um, what are your thoughts here? Uh, man on the ground, coaching a team, high school team going to be on TV. Tell us a little bit of your thoughts about how college football is pulling it off and what your thoughts on what's happening so far. Joey. I have a ton of thoughts, a lot of them vulgar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Awesome. Um, we have no we don't have Ryan around here, so go go for it. We haven't had we hit our vulgar meter yet, so go for it. <laughs> As our listeners know, I attend the University of Georgia. Um, we are about two weeks into class now and the response and the effort and everything from the administration side of UGA has been atrocious. It has been wow. They 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 surveillance test about 300 kids a day. I hear people in fraternities purposely not getting tested and then going out, going to class like they do not have it. We are at about a thousand cases right now. Um, Wow. And that's only two weeks. That's two weeks into school, so there's about a one week delay in terms of how many like the actual numbers. I have several neighbors who are currently positive. I live with a and I'm very concerned about there actually being a fall season and any conference that is telling you that they're going to play in the spring is straight up lying to your face. That is not going to happen. (laughs) They are not going to force their players to play eight, ten games in the spring and then turn around five, six months later and play another ten to twelve games. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. They're they're Mm -hmm. saving face and they're trying to, you know, to keep buyer tickets, buyer season tickets, keep boosting boosting the uh, football team up. No, nope, right. it's not happening. If they're not playing in the fall. They're not playing at all until next fall. The 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 ignorance on all sides of things has been incredible to me. Uh, just the sheer lack of remorse from just my fellow students. Um, I, I, in terms of me coaching at the high school, I'm very uh, fortunate to be at a private school. Uh, not a lot of kids. They're able to social distance easily, wear a mask all the time. 
and they don't have like bureaucracy hanging over them in terms of a school board um, or a superintendent or anything like that. Um, so we're, we're ramped up. Our first game's tomorrow night. I'm very excited for that. Um, I think we'll make it through the season. The Georgia High School Sports Association has uh, already come out and said, you know, we're having the season. If your team is exposed and cannot play, you're forfeiting. We're not canceling the season over one school, um, yep. which yep. I don't know if is the right response. But, hey, we're having a season. I feel I feel very lucky um, uh, to be in this state. I, sometimes, I guess, I know how much I've shit on Brian Kemp, our, our lovely <laughs> governor here. Um, yep. But at least yep. uh, I get to benefit from that in a way. Um, but I do – I am very, very skeptical about finishing a college season, having a college football playoff, and then any any conference that says they're playing in the spring is lying to your face. None of that will happen. Okay. Wow. Okay. There it is. There it is. So I, it's, it's really interesting. Obviously, I love college football, and uh, yeah, everyone knows if they listen to the podcast, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. Um, so far on, on course to play the ACC, it's going to be really interesting to see if they pull it off or not. I'm holding my breath and – and then we're going to see how it turns out. We'll just see how it turns out. Uh, and people, you know, take take precautions. Be safe. Be smart. Uh, don't uh, don't be stupid because I want football as much as the next person. And if we're smart about it, maybe we can make this all happen. All right, let's hit the air horn on the show. It always goes so fast. I can't believe we're already over. Um, it's awesome having uh, both of you guys on the show today. It's uh, it's terrific. Scott's been a while, so this is terrific to have you on. Hey, Scott, why don't you give us your social media so people can follow you? Sure, no problem. It's uh, NF- at NFL Fantasy underscore more on Twitter. Um, starting to ramp up a little bit more on my as we get closer to the season. So, um, yeah, I'll be out there talking about football and picks. Awesome. I'll be doing some more yeah, picks fantastic. this year, too. But. As per usual, everyone give him a follow. He is not shy about getting out in your face. So, definitely, if you've got a follow, Joey, give us your social media so people can follow you. Yeah, you guys can follow me at Joey Libro on any social media. Make sure you tweet out uh, my pretty face uh, next Friday, 8 p.m. on ESPNU. <laughs> if you see it, um, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's going to be great, and definitely we'll go to have to promo that and keep an eye for him. We're going to be on the sidelines. We'll be able to catch you on the sidelines there, Joey. I'll be, I'll be, in, the, I'll be in the press box, actually. Oh, so in the press box. Even Oh, my God, he's too cool for the sidelines. He's going to be in the press yeah. box. I love this. This is going to be great. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm tuning in for that. Everybody better tune in for that. All right, guys, once again, thanks to you listeners for coming in, joining us, and wasting time with us. And I mean it now. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Oops. And that was not the theme song. That was actually – I won't even say what that is. <laughs> Let's just get to the theme song. <laughs>